This is Convo by Design, and after five years of doing the podcast, 200-plus podcast episodes and 150 videos on YouTube, thought this might be a good opportunity to republish some previous episodes of the show. I am publishing Throwback Thursday episodes featuring guests and conversations you haven't heard in a while, like this one. These TBT episodes have been so much fun for me. It's been like going through a box of family photos. Each conversation has special memories for me. And this one is very special. When you get a group like this on stage talking about this topic as it relates to designers, you have me hooked. And I think you are really going to enjoy this fun, smart, and snarky conversation with some amazing individuals. This was originally recorded from the West Edge Design Fair in uh, 2014. And I published it in two parts. Uh, so this was episode 28 and 29 for, uh, airing in 2015 originally. It's called Built to Last, Developing a Brand Legacy in the Design World. Basically, the concept was your brand identity is the single most important factor in building a distinctive, impactful, timeless business. Are you harnessing it to its full effect? This is how you set yourself apart in today's fast-paced market and build a business of genuine integrity with impeccable products and services that stand the test of time. According to some industry giants, uh, including moderator and design icon Catherine Ireland, she spoke with Russ Diamond, Martin Lawrence Ballard, Thomas Lavin, and Christopher Farr about brand, branding, and design, product lines, and promotion. I forgot just how wonderful it is to hear this group go back and forth, so buckle up, it's a fun ride. And if you like this episode of the podcast, and I really hope you do, why not subscribe to the show? It's easy, it's fast, and it's free. Uh, you can find some links uh, to your, some of your favorite podcast outlets in the show notes below. Enjoy. And I'm so happy to be sitting up here with four of my best friends. And these four best friends we all have in common. We've all, I think, done a great job branding ourselves. Now, I didn't, I didn't like probably the four of you. You all decided to have a brand, and you built your brand, but I didn't. I was a housewife and a mother, and somehow my brand just evolved. So I come from a very different point of view from all of you. I mean, if I'd really thought about it, I think I could have probably done as good a job as all of you have done. But I think it's interesting how you do build a brand. So instead of me talking, I'm going to let my friends here. And by the way, just very quickly, we've got Thomas Lavin, probably... <laughs> the best. He is the best, in my view, not only because he represents Martin and me, he is the and best. And me. Oh. And me. I knew there was a reason why I chose all three yeah, yeah. of yeah. um, And Thomas has just opened in Laguna, and his showroom is a multi-lined showroom. It has fabrics, it has furniture, carpets, it's tradition, it, traditional, it's modern, it's kind of everything you want in one place. Um, so that, that's you. And then, of course, there's Martin. Martin, who is my co-star on Million Dollar Decorator. Uh, we had a great time doing it. Actually, Martin and I go back way before Million Dollar Decorator. We had a, we've had many, sto many stories. He can tell you. I won't. <laughs> um, over here is my dear friend, Russ, who I think I knew about you probably before anyone here, because when I first moved to LA, I'd come and get my my supplies, my plumbing supplies. But Russ has the iconic shop that sells 
all your favorite brands for kitchens and bathrooms. And then, of course, we've got Mr. Farr. I did know you, actually. You predate everyone. I, I did. I fancied, yeah. I don't believe you I said that. I fancied you the first time I ever saw you. I did. Did I never tell you that? The, you heard we it here first. were married at the time. Okay. Thank you, Catherine. All right. Anyway, carpet, <laughs> carpet designer extraordinaire. And also, before, I'm going to tell you this now, because when we finish, I'd love you all to come by my stand for a book signing. And I have both Christopher and Martin's uh, houses are in it. You're both in my next book. Yeah. The, the other right. two weren't good okay. enough. Sorry, Tom. So, yeah. what am I going to, what, what should we start with? Okay, I've told you that I was pretty much a brand disaster. But, <laughs> Russ, let's start with you, because you have, have an iconic brand that's been around for 65 years. Was it your father? My father and a partner who started uh, close to uh, 65 years ago. I presume Mr. Snyder and Mr. Diamond. Mr. Snyder and Mr. Diamond. And, uh, and I've been around probably close to 40 of that, those years. So worked uh, as a kid, grew up you know, in, in the, in the uh, yard there and, uh, and in the warehouse. But um, yeah, it was really, Steiner Diamond really started, they, they started the evolution of the one-stop shop for kitchen and bath. And it's been tried to be replicated over the years, but really what they did is they took, they started out as a small plumbing supply house with scrap metal. Really? And oh. evolved, my father recognized early on, he was a brilliant merchant and that there was a real need for decorative product for bathrooms. There was always these, I remember going to the Pan Pacific Auditorium um, on, uh, I think it was on Melrose there, on near CVS, where it would be a decorator shows. And everybody would be showing kid, uh, uh, living rooms and bedrooms and furniture. He thought there was a real uh, need to show bathroom. I remember uh, Kohler's first birthday bath. We did one in red. And he got a cabinet, put a marble top on it, and a decorative sink, put a mirror over that. And that Voila. was really the evolution of the modern bath vignette. So how do you think, I mean, obviously from the 40s to today, and I've watched it evolve, but where, where, where are you going to go next? Well, I mean, we're always evolving. I do a lot of traveling around the world. I look for kind, the kinds of products that, that the trade is really looking for. They've come to us and they said, we need products that we can't see or obtain anywhere else. So I have developed over the years, developed an eye for what I think the marketplace is looking for. And sometimes I even go way out above the marketplace. And you see within a year or two, the marketplace evolves into those products. So um, I'm, always, uh, I'm always looking for that. But I think now, um, personal relationships have always been part of our brand, okay? building relationships one-on-one. -on -one. Well, it's number one. I'd say it's probably the most important thing we've got. So, Thomas, that brings me to you. Did you... I'm sorry, I have to look at my notes. But I have to tell you what, I woke up this morning with absolutely no voice. Um, managed, of course, got it back by now. Um, would you just tell me um, where your current brand, the branding that you do, I mean, is that something that's taken you time an effort to come up with, or how has it evolved? I mean, when you look back on the years you've been in business. Well, we, we started 15 years ago, and when I came up with the idea of opening a showroom, I was on the telephone with my mom, and I said, what should I call it? And I was coming up with all of these ideas, interior design, 
Furniture by Thomas. It was like, what are you going to call it? And she said, well, just call it Thomas Lavin. And I said, well, I think that's awfully egotistical. And she said, well, it's fitting. <laughs> so, I just, so I did it. And um, I went to a friend of mine. And I said, you know, I need to design a logo. So he created something. And it was brown and it was blue. And I thought, well, this is just really great. And um, we put it on beige paper. And we um, made all of our price tags at home. So we made them in the garage on clear plastic on those little luggage, uh, luggage tags. And it's so charming. And what happened over time, we moved to the Pacific Design Center about 10 years ago. And my cousin was starting his own graphic design firm. And he looked at what I was doing and he's like, mm-hmm. He said, I think you need a graphic designer. And I said, no, I don't need a graphic designer. And so now I've come to realize that I couldn't exist without a graphic designer. So over time, we've just sort of developed, you know, when we first did it, we didn't pay attention to kerning. Now we keep refining, keep uh, reducing it. Uh, a couple of years ago, we started coming up with the uh, thought of jettisoning our light blue TL because it was too precious and it was too dear. And um, I, don't know, I think for all of us, I think we're all, we are our brands and I think they develop over time. Because like you, I really didn't start out to be one. But I think the other interesting thing, as I was just saying earlier, is that I have a brand, think, people think of me as bright and colorful and fabrics, but I've evolved as a person, but I think it's very important to stay true to your brand going forward. Am I right or not? What do you think, Martin? For sure. It's, it's very important to create your own identity and then take that identity and turn that into a brand, which I think you've done brilliantly well. By the way, I have to tell everybody that, that Catherine is not only a very dear friend of mine, she really is the person that started my entire brand situation off. Because eight years ago, she gave me the printer for my fabric line when I was first starting out. Decided I wanted to do a fabric line. I had four or five designs. Um, I showed them to her in a very hilarious stay in France where Catherine's actually sadly departed now mother squirted me with a hose of through the window Water be off, but um, a whole other story there. But she's, Catherine... She's always liked to be very useful. So she said, darling, <laughs> darling, what can I do? So I said, take the hose pipe and just water the plants around the house. Well, the, so, I mean, she had beginnings of immaculate degeneration. And so she kept missing the pots, but managing to go through every window where Martin, with all his Vuitton luggage, was around the room. He went, you were... I had, you I took had, it very I well. I literally had just arrived and I was unpacking... And I'd gone into the bathroom and I came out and there was a hose literally in my suitcase with all of my clothes floating out into the room. Anyway, um, however, I, in the middle of that, I managed to save my few fabric samples I had and showed them to Catherine, who then gave me a printer. And that's really how I started my fabric line, which was the first part of all of my branding that we have today. So I owe that to you, my darling. So uh, one other thing was with you, Martin. Who do you uh, look up to? What brands have really inspired you? It, whether it's fashion, interiors, just God, who you know, do you think has done a great name, done a great job with their name? I think that the truth about branding is that you become true to what you want to produce. Mm -hmm. And so, there are many, many brands out there today which, which, sometimes don't stick with their true values. They kind of go for the money rather than for the quality. And I think it's really important that when you're looking to become a brand, certainly for us as interior designers, you want to make sure that whatever you put your name to, whether you're producing it yourself or whether you're 
licensing a collection, like Catherine and I have done with Catherine for Scalamandria, myself for Schumacher, you want to make sure that that brand is the best in its field and that the product that you're designing for them and that they're producing is the best quality that's out there. And it, and it really does represent who you are. Absolutely. So, so I think that that's really vitally important. And so there's, there's people in the marketplace. I think what's interesting now, actually, with the branding situation is that for us in the design world, suddenly you've got all of these fashion designers that are doing their home collections, which is, which is really interesting. And irritating, by the way. Yes. <laughs> but, but some of it's amazing, and some of the people are doing a really good job. Like, mm. Miss Sony's done a beautiful job because they've taken their iconic prints that they used in fashion <clears throat> and textile, and now they've created this kind of interesting home collection yeah. with uh, towers and They have, they have a point of view. It's like James Pierce who, you know, has done a fantastic... He's taken his clothes and turned them into pieces of furniture. Well, he, well he's, he's done beach lifestyle, mm. which is what's so yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think that's And, and it's the same thing yeah. with Missoni. Missoni have done, OK, and bringing fashion into the home. It's really yeah. incredible. So, Chris... It's true. Actually, that's true, because I think uh, fashion's driving everything, it seems to me. And, you know, the way that everything's blending between art and fashion, that's the other thing that's been happening the last few years. And, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of... Where's, where's the interior market in that respect, you know? Well, Hello. You, I know. Yeah, Every now and again, we'll But I, I think Martin's uh, brought up a good point, because when a brand really succeeds, that's when all the trouble can start, in terms of when you dilute your brand. And that's, that's a problem, I think. That, well, we haven't had that problem yet. We're not big enough. <laughs> no, no. We're, we're hoping but, to be but one But, Chris, day. you've been doing your rugs for years, and you've got a great fabric line. But where else would you like to take your brand? I mean, do you have other dreams, other things you'd like to add into it? No, not really. We, we, well, what we want to do, the next stop is New York. Because if you're selling rugs, you really have to do it in New York. It's the biggest rug market in the world. And that's what we're looking at right now. And we have to get our house in order for that. To so happen. why did you come from London? Chris started in London. And he had his iconic shots. Still in London. Actually, still in yeah, London. Still but then yeah. why did you come to L.A. rather than New York first? Why did you open um, New York? Honestly, we couldn't afford New York. We looked. At that time, we hadn't got the money to do it in the way we wanted to do it. And also, we were offered this great space in La Cienega by Pat McGann. The, some of you may know Pat McGann. She was the instrumental in Christopher Farr coming to, to Los Angeles. Well, you've certainly done a great job. I, what I find, I've got a lot of English friends that have branded themselves amazingly well in England, but then they try coming here and it hasn't worked. A good example is Kath Kidson. I mean, Kath is in every airport in England, every high street. So she just thought, oh, I'll up and go to the States. But it just didn't work. I think, it, number one, no one really understood how you could spend $200 for, a, for a, an earning, an earning you know, no, thing no, to put on right. your earning yeah. board. But she, but she's yeah. she's diluted her brand in such a way that it's become... You know, it's become uninteresting. Mm. But that, that is what happens. Uh, so I don't think just because you've done very well in one particular place, it will necessarily travel. And I think the beauty of, I mean, between us, we've, there are three Brits here. We've all made it work here, but we've also put the time and the energy in. I mean, we've lived here. You know, I've lived more than half my life now, now in L.A. Well, it's there interesting you that you say that, because the intersection of fashion and art has also found its way in kitchen and bath. 
And so that's influencing a lot. It's become so sexy. Yeah, yeah it, it used to be where it was a utility. Now it's really a fashion oh. statement. So people are redoing their kitchens. Bathrooms, bathrooms are the new living rooms. And so, as and, are the kitchens. And, and actually, I'm in the middle of a lot of hotel design, and one of the most interesting things is that all the hotel chains are saying, we don't care how big or small the bedroom is, we want big bathrooms. The consumer in the hotels want yeah. big bathrooms. Because actually, when you're in a hotel, that's probably where you spend quite yeah. a bit of your time. All right. So we need to buy shares in Snyder Diamond, I think. <laughs> exactly. Snyder Diamond. Thomas Lavin, Catherine Allen. Brokers uh, right outside. Forget the other three. I mean, really, it's not <laughs> going to happen for us. So, so actually, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Thomas yes, a question. Please, because, please. Because, because Thomas wonderfully represents Catherine, myself, and... And the naughty one over there is Brand. <laughs> Thank you very much. And, and um, how is it, how do you find representing other designers' brands within your showroom? Because obviously that's the mainstay of your business. And how, when you ask, how do I find it, in what way? I mean, how, do people follow a person? Do they come in and go, okay, I love Catherine Island style, I want to see Catherine Island fabrics. Or do they come in and say, I want to have a... a English country chintz. How does that work? Well, it's interesting for what we do, it happens both ways. So we've developed over 15 years a reputation for having fine, luxurious, idiosyncratic, special, artisanal um, brands. So people have, over the years, have sought us out more. And then as we've developed, we've been able to attract important and famous people, such as Martin and Catherine. Chris. And Chris. Um, and Chris. But lovely, Chris, Chris, was actually, Chris was actually one of the first ones. We, Chris has yeah, been with us we for were 15 right at the beginning. Years. Okay, I want to quickly interject here because I had for many years, sorry, um, my own showrooms here. And this one day I looked at the figures and I said, you know what, I know Thomas can, will, will and can do better. And I called up these two and I said, how are your fabric lines doing? And they kind of told me vaguely what their numbers were and I said okay we're closing the showroom we're going to Thomas and the reason Thank you, boys. I, but what I loved about it was I would rather I don't care there are certain people that know me that come for me but you also have an amazing staff who just go okay here you, you know here's this fabric now let's go around the showroom and they will match it up and they do a great job I think your showroom has the best most hard-working team because it's you. tough it's a tough it's it's really it's a tough business selling other people's products i think i mean right. it really is well, it's, it's a very tough business and you figure we're the middleman i always say that we're like solomon with the baby because we are interfacing with our manufacturer and then we're working with the designer and the designer has to report to their client and they don't have time because the clients are rich they're demanding they're impatient and so we have to get answers to the designers right away but back to Martin's question, I think that um, you know, it works out both ways. Certainly when you represent lines that are well known, people seek out the lines. But then also because we become a draw, people, people might come in and they'll say, we want to see Martin's lines, we take them to Martin's line. Or they'll just come in and they might not know the lines and they're looking for, as Catherine said, a specific green or an aesthetic or a philosophy. And then my staff is able to show them the range. And I think one of the ways that we've built our brand over the 15 years also is representing smaller companies. Over time, we've been able to bring on larger companies such as Romo and Zimmer and Christian Liege, but we started off 15 years ago with very small companies that were unknown, and we've been able to introduce them to the West Coast over the years and really have grown everyone. And that's a key to creating a, a brand for you and I, um, is that the trust. 
that you get from the marketplace. So they'll come in, you have great staff, we have great staff as well. Yes, and so they make I recommendations. I forgot to say, you Ross know, has also got great staff. Yeah, but, but that's that, that trust the marketplace has what? They're gonna get quality product, that if there's something wrong, you're gonna take care of it. And so, and that's really the key to creating a brand, especially in a local marketplace such as ours. Well, and I have to take a second. When um, I grew up on the west side, and my dad was the handyman at home, so the special days were Saturdays when, when he was like, we're going to Snyder Diamond. <laughs> so, <laughs> I remember. That's, that's a good you? endorsement. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah. Uh, well, something that I want to ask all of you. How, how do you deal with your, the competing brands or the competing showrooms? How are you, we all going to deal with it? Because every day, a new, uh, there's a new fabric line. I feel that since 97, which was when my fabric line debuted, um, the marketplace has, it's been diluted. Uh, and that's well, yeah, because... Yeah, well, I would say it's, it's, it's saturated. And, yes. and, and in fact, when um, I was asked to do a fabric line in 2000, it was 1999, we, um, I went around the British uh, Design Center at Chelsea Harbor. I don't know if anyone's ever been there. And I was so put off because I thought, well, there's not one fabric that hasn't been designed in the, on the planet. There's no room for anybody here because these huge corporations, uh, which you guys have worked for and stuff, um, <laughs> they, no, that's true. No, with your, yeah. the Salomon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we, we, <laughs> the, the, the point being is that uh, they can do anything that they want to do. They can look at any sector of the market. So anyway, we struggled and we started and we, um, after about 2005, Pollock, the uh, brilliant New York company, wanted to buy us. And, we, and it didn't happen. Thank I'll God. For the, what? I said, thank God. Thank God <laughs> I'd be that. very sad. Yeah, but, but what was interesting was we weren't, we, we weren't really going anywhere uh, financially. Our figures weren't that good. And so I said to Mikhail Silver, who's a great friend of Tom's and who's the sort of director of the Christopher Farr cloth, I said, well, you know, what we have to do is we have to be true to our values. And this is very core to branding because, so what are those? Color, big pattern. Okay, let's do it, but let's ramp it up a lot more, like 50%. Let's really go for it. And so we looked, we had nothing to lose, and we thought, okay, we did it. And that's when, you know, the fairy tale happened. It started to take off like that. And that's how we began to become distinct from, from other brands, other fabric companies. And that's very crucial. So for whatever our DNA is around this table, you just have to understand what that is and then maximize it. Well, and also, that's, that's what happened with we us. Are also, we all own our own businesses. So, you know, we, we struggle with, you know, well, at least I, speaking for myself, you yeah. know, one minute it's feast or it's famine. And my children have, you know, I'm like an an ATM machine for three children, <laughs> apart, apart from anything else. But, um, you know, I think it's been important on the journey that I've gone on is that to be a true artist, you, you, you do have to suffer. And you do have to say, well, you know, we can't go on holiday this year because mummy's bringing out a new fabric line. We, and my children still have <laughs> never, have well, never been one. to yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. I, th I, think, I think... That's funny. As I say, the, the thing that's interesting is since I've been with Christopher for 15 years, they, they, they were always known for pattern and color. And I think about five years ago, you guys were on a collection, and it was very different than that. It was, it was small, it was more neutral, and Mikhail brought it in, and we had a conversation about it, and she said, what do you think? And my recollection at that time is she wanted to find something that was gonna be more mainstream and would fit in, 
And I said, I don't think that's what it is because it was so clear that cloth had a direction and a point of view. So um, a couple of years later, then they changed, and that's when you guys got, you know, had Kemp come in and do what you're seeing on the screen now, which has been an absolute sensation. So I think um, it's, I think the branding is really being true to, what did Shakespeare say? To thine own, thine own self be true. I'm sorry? To thine own self be true. To thine own self be true, absolutely. That's, you have to be totally authentic. And, you know, that's an overused word, but that's the only way you can start from. And, it, and I was thinking about, I mean, the ultimate brand is Apple. Yeah. And you, you think of Steve Jobs and his DNA sort of completely permeated the entire company. And I think, you know, they're probably struggling now that he's not there. But it's, you know, that's the sort of... Like, I suppose Branson would be another one, although I don't like him, by the way. Um, Do you not? What I think is interesting... Catherine's probably... I won't say what you're doing with him. A little bit of trivia. No, I designed when I was 21. I I got, you know, know, 17 trips on Virgin, and I designed that hideous red uniform. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know... She's still there. One of the things with with talking about actually doing brands, designing for other people, using your name out there is that for, I know for both of us so I, for, for my line for Schumacher my own line that Thomas sells is all screen printed linen um, I've always wanted to do wovens and silks and a whole variety of other types of fabric but it's really really expensive to develop and for me to do it myself you know it was going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars so one of the great things is that when you work with a bigger label, i.e. the Schumacher, the Scalamandre, you can produce things like beautiful wovens, you can have cashmere, I've got like $500 a yard silk velvets, things that I personally could never afford to really stock, but they can. And so it was so great to design for that brand things that I couldn't necessarily and do myself. The brand and then you push it out in the world with your name on it under a, another big but label. But it's the right brand for you. I mean, yes. if you'd gone, God forbid, I won't name names, yeah. but there are, there are a lot of brands that would be beneath one. They, you know, at the end of the day, I've had offers to work with, with companies. <laughs> By the way, look, I love, look at Catherine's hair. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't yeah. the most perfect <laughs> It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing déjeuner solaire next. <laughs> and you guys are all in it. <laughs> um, no, but I think you've just got to be careful at who you co-brand with. Because for me, Scalamandri was iconic. Schumacher's iconic. Uh, I'm working with Arga and Grange, who are both here at my stand. So you, you choose people that, this is how I look at it, as you said, you know, if I could have a furniture line, this is what it would be. Or you work together with them to do something that represents who you are. And there is, there, you know, Arga is an iconic English brand, and I'm a, I like cooking, and, you know, I'm a sort of, I'm a mother, and I'm a, I like cooking and all that You're stuff. You're iconically so. English, too. Yeah, okay, is that, yeah. is that the word I was looking for? Yes. Right. Uh, but well, we do the same thing in, in terms of selecting the lines that we carry in our showroom, because there's, a, the, the, uh, there's an abundance of products out there, and so we really try to whittle it down. So how do you choose well, you take on? Um, a lot of times um, I will go to the factories, and that's why I go to the factories all around the world. I want to make sure I'm dealing not with just somebody who's a marketing company, but somebody who has their heart and soul into the product. Mm-hmm. Because I know if, if you, the, you know, the designer or your client, has a problem, I can get it resolved. So I always make sure that I'm dealing with companies 
that, that have a soul, you know, right. because they, and, they, and they look at the marketplace or they look at, you know, just being able to, to empathize with the, you know, with the marketplace the same as I do, you know, and they have the same philosophy and it's really important. So, you know, I don't carry every brand and that's why, you know, the brands that we do carry, I can stand behind and but I can your, have confidence. Your business, like all of our business, it is getting, there's a lot more going on than it used to be. I mean, you, you, you had the, the whole stage of LA and now you've got some competition. Well, it, that's always been there. You know, the first competition was Home Depot. Everybody thought everybody's going to wilt when Home <laughs> Depot came in, right? But, you know, you, you adapt, like you adjust, and then Expo came in. Yeah. And then I decided, well, if you can't beat them, join them. So I joined them for five years, and I figured out they really don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So, right. um, so from that standpoint, you know, you, you just, you know, you, you got to figure out when to make a left turn, when to make a right turn, right. and just evolve into that. And it's, you know, that's why I do panels like this, and I'm out in the marketplace, and establishing it's that relationship with the marketplace, mm -hmm. you know. And, again, carrying products, have a, having a good staff, that products that are quality products. I mean, we always want to do that. And then, then we're trying to get technology. Um, so uh, we, tell us a little bit about your app. I don't well, know. we're is developing an app right app? now that is, um, we've run through a number of architects and designers that is more or less is to take all those catalogs you have on your shelves and putting it on an app so you can have instant access to not only photographs, but specifications, and you can actually will be able to create a presentation on your own under your label for your client. Right. So that's in development. Um, it's 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 been a real challenge getting manufacturers on board and getting that information in mm -hmm. the format we need it to be able to do it. But it's evolving and it's coming together. I think fast. it's very important. I, you know, the apps are the way forward. I think having your own website is all, already last century, and I think it is about the app. And in fact, I've spent the last two weeks up in Silicon Valley, one of my clients happens to be, he, his baby is the new Apple Watch. So I've been up there and I, so just by chance, I gave my house in France for a charity and the people who bought it were the guys from Twitter, Apple. I mean, they were the big, big people from up there. And my girlfriend said, why aren't you coming? I said, I don't think I was included in the, in the weekend, was I, or the week? <laughs> and she said, well, you may not have been, but you've got to come. So I did. I went to France a few weekends ago. I love ago. that. You were the surprise part of the auction. Yes, I was. <laughs> hey, but, but te technology is finding its way into the kitchen so and bath. About this so, now. you know, I mean, even to the degree, it, it, there's a vendor here at the show that if you want the perfect cup of coffee, you oh can do God, it off brilliant. your iPad or your so phone. It's you know, delicious. the top drawer. So um, it's, it's phenomenal. Lovely, my lovely new friends at Purcell Murray. No, so. no, with you, I know. That's very clever. So there's all this new stuff, but I do think... So my point being that I've, in the last month, spent my, a lot of time in front of these white these white wipey boards and I with a programmer and I've been telling him what I want my app to be and he he wrote writes code for Apple and he would go okay Catherine how are we doing this and we've now figured out in maybe I don't know we've spent a long time we've spent four or five whole days I don't know 60 hours or something just working on it and and it's so much fun because I really feel like we're creating something new and it's something that we're all going to share together because I, you know, you know me. A right, dinner party is really dull if there's only one person at the table. Well, that's how you so, stay relevant. Yeah. I mean, you have to stay relevant. You have to be thinking ahead of the marketplace. But I've been doing and so. This that's for what we all, all at this table, I think, yeah. do. When also, well. I think that we've all. It's all about friendship, and 
I believe the, the more you give in life, you, the more you get back. And by supporting your friends, there's nothing better. I cannot bear those mean people that won't give you their sources. You say, oh, I love that. And they go, and they all get tight-lipped about it. But they're not our friends. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not, Thomas. No, no, no. <laughs> they don't come to our dinner parties, do they? No, but I think it's uh, designers like filmmaking. Everyone is as important, you know. It's the plumber, the electrician. No comment the carpet, to that one. The carpet manufacturers, the plumbing. We're all, it's the same. It's you need your gaffers, you need your hair and makeup. So I look at it, because I came out of filmmaking, exactly the same way. And, and we need to all work at this together. You're here. Marvelous. Should we ask and see if there are um, other people in the audience who would like to ask a question? Yes, sir. Obviously, branding is a huge thing in our society today. It is the attendance, witnessed by the attendance here at your, at your lecture. Uh, it's also um, huge in the reality TV shows where people are so much trying to get their name put out there. So what I'm curious about is why you chose your name versus a generic name. Gosh, that's a good one. Well, I, <coughs> okay. I did it for me because I couldn't come up with anything, anything else. Um, so, so what you're saying is we're screwed. <laughs> In well, we're screwed it's a good dead. point. No, seriously, that's a very good point you made. It, no, but Snyder Diamond, that's... Two people's okay. names. Yeah. You're okay. all okay. You're going to live okay. on. And, and I don't really have a choice in it. Now, I've been running the company for 20 years, and the, the, the question was, does it make sense to change the name? And why would I do that? It would no. make no sense because of the, you know, the, the foundation that was laid down by, by the founders. It, it just would make no sense. It doesn't really say what we do because, you know, a lot of times people think they show up to buy a diamond ring. But other than that, really you know. really hilarious. <laughs> well, and I think also, I think, I think that it, I think it is about building the brand and longevity. So, obviously, for all of us that are up here, it, it, the companies do live and breathe because of us. And then hopefully they will go on. You know, there are other companies in our industry that are into second and third generation. When I started my career, I was at a company called Needler Faucher. And they were started in 1945 after the Second World War. And they certainly exhibit longevity. And then you look at people in the industry, such as Rose Tarlow and Holly Hunt, who started their companies eponymously also, but then built brands so strongly that people wanted to acquire them. And that's so true. I don't know They've about you guys, but bored. I'm hoping to be yeah. acquired. I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so if anybody wants to buy. Yeah. Me too. I, I think that that's Any one investment of the, bankers out there? <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons that you really no. use your own name is because at the end of the day, I, Catherine and I both have, and Christopher, but we all have these fabric lines that we own, as well as the ones that we have licensing deals with. So at the end of the day, those fabric lines have value because they have our names attached to them. And at some point, maybe somebody's gonna wanna buy that when we're, when we're old and don't wanna run around with a tape measure anymore. So the reality of, you know, again for us, the fact that we've been on TV a lot, that we've continued, our TV careers, that we've managed to be published so much. You know, our names have now become recognizable with the design industry. And so it seems only relative to use our own names to sell the product because it's the recognition. It's exactly the same thing as a fashion designer. It's like being Tom Ford. You know, it's the same thing. He uses his name for everything. Well, it's actually interesting because I know people who start companies, they either start interior design firms or product firms, and they don't choose their own names. And I have a dear friend who's become a very famous lighting designer, but because he didn't use his name, it's so niche that 
unless you know that that's who it is. It's, it's very secret, which could be another reason to do something, I suppose. But I think the names do have relevancy. And then, you know, certainly I hear about people that were around in the 70s that aren't anymore, and then we just get to go down into legend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Any other questions? Yes. Yes. Just a question. Have you ever um, fallen in love with something and then you create a fabric based on that and then it hits the marketplace and it doesn't have the gangbuster that you were hoping it would? So far it hasn't happened. But I'm <laughs> over to you, Christopher or Martin, on that one. No. It hasn't happened. Sorry. No, I think if you love something yeah. and you work at it. I mean, I sometimes take a year... I've taken two years on one collection because I get bored, it's not right, it's... I can't get it right, so I put it aside, and then I come back to it. So I think that you have to really... It's an expensive thing, even to do prints. Each collection I do costs about a quarter of a million dollars. By the time you've sampled it, put it in the showrooms, done some press. So I think you've got to absolutely love it before you put it out in the marketplace. I mean, we're lucky because we get to also use these fabrics on our own jobs, and we, we can see them. Um, more readily, but I, I think that you've just got never, and I have done it, I have put things out there which I haven't been 100% loved, and they haven't been my best sellers. I've recolored them and worked on them, and they've worked. So I think it's all about how much energy you put in. It's, it's interesting, because some of the things, obviously, we all travel a lot, and travel is the greatest inspiration, I think, for all of us, and for all of our collections, from whatever, whether it's crystal, or porcelain, or furniture, whatever it is. And so the interesting thing is that you can go off on you know, your summer holiday to Mykonos or whatever and lounging around and see something and think, oh my God, I'm going to do a Greek collection. And you launch it, well, and suddenly Greece is not fashionable. But <laughs> weirdly, name it. weirdly, two years later, maybe the collection starts to pick up and sell. It's really interesting. There are certain things that, that I've produced that I've absolutely loved and they haven't picked up traction immediately. It's sort of I've been confused by it. And then a year later, you suddenly see all of these orders and it's becoming one of the best sellers. But I think so un it's interesting. Unlike the fashion business, we have our fabrics, home, home furnishings have a huge life to them. I mean, I still, my first collection in 97 still sells as well today as it did then. So I, I think we're lucky when you buy a piece of furniture, you buy a rug, you're not buying it for a season you're buying it for maybe 10 to 25 years, or it'll become an heirloom that you will then pass down to your children. Um, so that, I think, is one of the reasons why you ultimately want to buy and invest in quality, in quality furnishings and plumbing supplies. So I think the one thing we all have in common is we have, the, we, we're, we're excellent, we, we sell excellence. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you say, Mr. Farr? Uh, I would not disagree. By the way, I do still fancy you. Thank I do. you, darling. I do. <laughs> I forgot to tell you that. Yeah, just, we'll just leave the room, absolutely. Um, <laughs> what can I say to say? What can I say, Catherine? I don't um, know. You say you fancy me back, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enough about well, us, well, come on. But your <laughs> love life, yeah. We can talk about Catherine's love life. That's a lot more interesting than, you know, rugs and Anyone who buys a book will get into uh, it. Yeah. But there must be some more questions out there. Mr. Fantini on the floor? And have you got any questions for us? By the, the way, spot. Martin and I, we, we just are crazy for your fixtures. Yeah, Lovely. you include me Fun. there, too. Lovely. Beautiful. And he's right next to my stand, just in case you'd like to go and see some of his <laughs> plumbing supplies and available through this one. 
You know, one of the, I'm, I'm going to jump in for a second because I said earlier on how all these fashion designers are suddenly, you know, designing all these home collections. But the interesting thing is that I've just been approached to design a menswear line. Mm. So it's going the other way around, which is really fun. And there's a bunch of other designers that I know out in the marketplace that have taken their, um, their fabrics yeah. and actually worked with different companies, putting them into clothes. So it's really cool the way everything starts to intersect. But I also, I don't know how much I want to see fabric on your boxes also <laughs> on, my, on my bedspreads. I think it's very cute and old <laughs> I, think that's, I think you've seen that a few times, funnily enough. <laughs> okay. I think just work at really good products. I think, you know, if you had great products and you went to see Thomas, you, you would immediately recognize that it was great. And I think we all like to support people beginning out in this industry. I certainly do. I think um, it's important to have all of the components. So if you're going to do something like that, you want to make sure that you've got your publicity in line, your business cards look good, that your logo is done. You know, people come and see me, and they're not fleshed out yet. They have an idea. And I tell them, go back and put everything together. Because if you put together something comprehensive, then it brings something to the marketplace. So my advice would be to be complete before you come out. I mean, also with, for, for a licensing deal, if you want to create something for another brand and use your name, you've really got to have it together when you go in to present it. It's, you know, for, for, for brands to want to align themselves with you, they really want to know that you've got an absolute point of view. They want to know that you've got the talent and the background behind you to push it forward. Um, I think that that's really, really important. So, yeah, you have to have all your ducks in a row. Yeah, I think that's right because, I mean, we, we uh, over 25 years, have worked with some incredible designers and, and artists. And, but actually, I, I've noticed that interior designers, they're, they're looking at the actual product. They're not interested in the name of the designer so much. It's really the, you know, it it's, it's the actual integrity of the product and good design and basic things like that. And so it's a very interesting question, you know, the designer or, or product. Um, I, I really think you start from product and from um, that sort of, um, you know, you, you edit it. You, you, you have to be a very good editor and, and, and come up with really beautiful things. I think and she was also asking if she needed her own reality show. <laughs> Do I? I think I, yeah, I've, I've not been asked. <laughs> Been asked yet? No, I haven't no. been asked. Oh, well, this maybe we, this is it. No? <laughs> the, the fab five. There's only two of them here. We're doing a casting call right now. <laughs> yeah. So we're not so narcissistic, I guess, right? <laughs> you know, I think it's just different. I mean, if you're building a house and you've got a year to order things, then when you get the six-month lead time from Christopher Farr, you're absolutely fine. <laughs> five months. Five months. Getting shorter. It arrives in six. Just kidding. Just kidding. People love, people love things that are in stock, though. I know, I have a but it's a different audience. Stuff. It yeah. is a different audience right. because yeah. sometimes I get a quick, you know, we've got to whip something up quick and so you, you, you've got to use things that are in stock. So I think, I think that, I don't think it really matters, but I suppose one of the reasons I went into um, printing my own fabrics was because, first of all, I had so much competition and the only way I felt that I could, I could be ahead of the game and still be in business was to be able to say, you know, you can have it by Friday. So basically, we print to order. Um, but I, I think, you know, when you're dealing with true brilliance and creative geniuses, 
You have to wait sometimes because you're Are using you looking the at me? Yeah, well, I was, <laughs> beloved. Yeah. I was looking at all of us. But I think because, you know, where the people that make your rugs are the best there are, and it's done, we all do things in a sort of handcrafted way, and it's all, it's all bespoke. So the, I, the waiting for the rugs is usually the longest of all the, the waits. Well, it always is. It is, and it's not so much how long it takes to... to, to <laughs> <laughs> so that he's right. Order your <coughs> right ahead of time. You, you do have to wait, but but we are addressing that. Let me tell you, we're actually going to get a nucleus collection which is in stock and ready to go. Well, that's good. That's <coughs> when you need to have your diffusion line of certain things sure. that are there yeah. and ready to go. Yeah, I mean, it's it, the whole brand thing. We had this question about eight years ago when the then founder of Design Within Reach, Rob Forbes, asked me to do a collection for them. And you know we were, we're such a sort of up, up, up ourselves high-end brand that we thought, is this going to kill us? Um, but we did it, and we, we did it without losing any integrity, I think. And it was very you successful for job. about seven years, seven or eight years. So, <clears throat> and that gave us quite a lot of traction in the market. You know, people knew who we were, and and they gave us a lot of press, and, and we supported them. And that's how you can grow your brand. If you are it's really strategic alliances are very important. Um, in this business, and I think you've already mentioned that with the brands that you've, you know, the, the fabric companies that you've worked with. And making sure that the companies that you do license with advertise. It's the most important thing is to make sure that you get ads with your products, which is hard actually sometimes because a lot of companies don't necessarily want to do the ads, but the ads are the most vital thing because if you design a product line for somebody, <laughs> and even if it doesn't sell, at least you know that you've gotten all of these ads in a bunch of shelter magazines, which keeps your name out there and keeps that recognition going and keeps the brand building anyway, which is so cool. Um, and I also think books. I was looking at books, your for sure. book. You've had various books. We've got, we need to have the Schneider Diamond and the Thomas Lavin book. <laughs> You well, know, because I mean, it is, it's very important. It's a calling card. You don't yeah. know, I've done, this is my fifth book, and believe me, I don't think I've yet seen a royalty check. Um, but I think, but it's, it's, you know, you get the advance, it pays for it, beautiful photography, and it's a great, great calling card to have. So that, I think, is almost one of the, one yeah, of the things. And that is one of the questions I always ask a new vendor who wants to break into the market is how they foresee their whole marketing plan. Now, it doesn't have to necessarily be expensive ads in, in magazines, but how are they going to support the product in the marketplace? And it might be they hire somebody in a marketplace to go call on architects or designers to create, you know, a visibility of their company. So there's a pull through to us because, you know, I can put it on display in my showroom, but it doesn't necessarily get traction that way. Right. It, sometimes it can, but if there is a full, you know, um, a full effort between the manufacturer and, and or if there's a distributor and the... the Everyone has to work yeah, together. Yeah, they have to work together. It's really, it's really, really important. important. Well, that's very interesting because th then you would logically choose Catherine or Martin. I mean, you know, because they're going to work for you. I mean, We work hard. Yeah. Well, we talked about yeah. putting a collaboration yeah. together. Yeah. You know, and so we're, we're always talking to... And I've talked to different architects that really want to curate, let's say, their own faucet line or their own fixture line. Sure. You know, you yeah. do have people out there in the marketplace that have done it. They just haven't done it consistently or they haven't done it with the right quality partners. Right. And, and when you have a product line, whether it's a license or your own, you have to get out there and promote it. Like, all, for all the different lines, like, I've just finished a big tour for Anne Sachs and I've got 
new tours for my, uh, for my Haviland collection, for the Christophe, and for all the stuff that's coming out soon. I've got all of these city dates that I go to showrooms, and they're going to throw parties, and we do meet and greets. It's it really important to great, get out but there. It's, and it's really important to get out there and talk about your product and meet the people and meet the people that are going to be buying it. So it's actually really hard work, but you, ha you don't just design something and go, oh, that's a pretty that camera and make that lens, and we're going to stick it there, and someone's going to buy it. You actually have to commit to it, get out there, support it yourself as well to sell it. So that's actually a very important element to all of this branding, is that you have to really follow it up with the personal commitment. How are we doing for time? Is someone else coming in next <laughs> to talk? Oh, we've got some more questions. Hi. Thank you. Sorry, and I heard down under. Sorry. <laughs> My name's Bronwyn from Touch Interiors. I've got a company in Sydney, and I've recently relocated here. Um, my husband's a film editor, and I've got the, had the privilege of using all of your fabrics in my clients' work and my personal home, and I well, just wonderful adore them. taste you have. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, and you, both Catherine and Martin, you're incredibly good-looking in real life. I must say, I've enjoyed watching you on TV for many years, but nothing beats the real deal. Um, I don't know if this question is appropriate, but for me, it's something that I would love to get some clarity, especially from all of you on the panel how you use your brand and Instagram. Because I find Instagram is fantastic, but I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with it. And I'd be really interested to know how you guys perceive it, if you like it, if you think it's going somewhere. Well, you, do, you are the biggest Instagram. I'm obsessed with Instagram. You're so good at I doing love it. I love it because it's, a, yeah. because it's, you know, unlike Twitter and, and Facebook and all those other social media tools, Instagram is an image that you shoot out there immediately and you get your point of view across with that image. You know, obviously, you know, I usually put a few words along with it, but it, I just love it. And I also love that you get these great interactions straight back by the comments from people. They go, I love that room, or I hate that rug, or, you know, whatever it is. I think it's really great. I think it's a great way to connect with people. And I think it's actually, as a brand, it's a really good way to put your point of view across. Um, it's funny, I've got a bunch of my clients that follow me, and I'll go to meetings with them and then they'll have pulled something off that I've put on Instagram and go, I want that pot or I want that chair. It's interesting because it reaches people all the way across yeah, the no, world. It's, it's definitely a good thing to do. And it, again, it's time consuming because I don't do Twitter or Instagram personally. Occasionally I'll take, my boys get so cross with me if I post something there and they go, oh, Mom, do you have to do that? But I just think it is brilliant for promoting your business. I wouldn't do it. I don't like it if people come to my house or do something personal and start sending out. I, think, I mean, I think there's still some etiquette that goes with it all, and I, that really does. Do you mind people just posting things? You know, it's, you know, okay. I, get, I have editorial rights. the world. I, just, I have editorial rights. I, am, I, I will make them deleted if I look old. <laughs> it's like not... They're not allowed to do it. Actually, but that's the app that we need. We need the retouching app. The retouching. It makes you look fantastic. It's just like the touch of a little thing. But I think the thing that's critical is that we have to leverage the technology that society requires. Society requires that we're engaged in social media. And I think that if we're not engaged, I think that we're not participating fully. Um, in my own experience, I have colleagues in the industry who don't, and I think that they're seen as antiquated. And so we're always trying to stay up on it, updating our website, which websites are so last year, so it was how do you keep your website fresh? Ugh. 
Right. It's evolution, though. Yeah. It's, evolution. It's, it's evolution. It is evolution. Yeah. You're yeah. absolutely it's, it's, right. The social media <clears throat> thing is absolutely exhausting because, you know, you do one, so you start off with whatever it was, Facebook, a few years ago, mm. and then you get onto Twitter, and now it's Instagram, and then there's something else. Yeah. And then you're yeah. trying to keep, and then trying to do all of them, you know, about really, there's no time left to do okay. the work. Yeah, yeah. So, I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I do love Instagram. Yeah. At Martin Bullard, for anybody who doesn't follow me. <laughs> so, what is this Instagram you're talking about? Um, um, I think actually I need an Instagram coach, and in fact, I've got him here, right there at the back, and he's going to help me. But, um, oh, it's important, though. I'm, I'm kind of excited. I've been yeah, yeah. putting it off and resisting, as usual. I'm always very slow to technology, and uh, I'll, but I'll get it, and I'll beat all of but, you. No, here's, here's the thing. For us, you know, we're all busy flying around all over the place. If I followed you on Instagram and you posted a new rug and it comes up and I'm just flicking through my Instagram, okay. I go, oh my God, I love that rug. It'll remind you. Know, he's right. He's to buy it. That's incredible. There's so much going no, no, no. on in our lives that you have to be reminded. No, that, no, I you know, understand that. I mean, we're all around I promise you, still. I'm going to do this. I am <laughs> going to do this. But Martin, that's very good. I mean, that actually excited me a little bit because that's how you really you make enjoy a sound, it. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I want to make money. Yeah. I do my own Instagram. I, d I, don't, I don't, my Facebook, be because we ended up on TV, people find out your Facebook thing, and so there's no personal Facebook anymore. Like, you know, there's thousands and thousands of people you've never heard of that are suddenly your best friends on there. So the Facebook is tricky. So Facebook, I have somebody link my Instagram to my Facebook, and then we'll, we'll do like different posts and things on it. But Instagram, I love it. It's my own thing. I love it. I just want to... I, the images that I post... Like, today I posted this unbelievable library that's in Maastricht that's just the most beautiful space ever because I saw it and it inspired me and I wanted to share it. So, yeah, that, it's very personal, that. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. All right, well, I don't know... Oh, another question. Hi, no one got anything else to do this afternoon but listen to no. us. No. <laughs> Clearly not. Hi, Christine Burt. Um, I'm a designer and a manufacturer, uh, mostly metalwork, but I'm seeing a lot of trends. Um, see that design right there is perfect that Martin did. I can, um, just like lasers really big in purses, you see all the laser cut purses and shoes and in clothing and big designers. Um, what about taking that and laser cutting that um, and making room screens. There you go, darling. Are you, off are you offering me a license? <laughs> I actually am. <laughs> no, but that or taking your designs, instead of just using the one design for the fabric or the wallpaper, taking it and using it in multiple ways, like um, but, umbrellas. But that's what we were talking about. Yeah, about but cross, it's exhausting. There's, we could be putting our fabrics over the entire world, but yeah. there's just not time. You've got to get... It's exhausting, so that's why when we were talking about aligning ourselves, I've aligned myself with people that are genius at what they do, and I love their product. And at the end of the day, to be involved with Arga and with, um, with Grange and Scalamandra, it's like, I don't know how many more licenses one can do where you actually give 100% of your time. Otherwise, you know what happens? I mean, the intern yeah. in your office ends up working. How big a whore do you have to be <laughs> to get on in this business and to have a big brand? You know, well, that's the question here. Big brand or breast? What was that, sorry? Both. They, they go together. <laughs> big breast, big brand. Martin, if you, want to turn, if you want to turn those into room dividers, 
I've got the lasers and I can turn those into room no. dividers. Fabulous, thank you. you. I'll be sending my business manager over in a moment. All right, well, I think, should we wrap this up or not? Should we, would everyone like to come to my stand? And um, we'll sign some books and we can talk some more with my, my, my genius fellow panelists. Thank you all so much for being here today.